Imagine, you have nothing, nothing to look forward to, nothing to give you comfort. You have lived a life of pain and suffering. One day, something changes. You get lifted out of your despair and taken in by your new family. You finally get the comfort you are lacking. You experience love, kindness, and a full belly. We have been talking about the benefits to the whole animal society by doing things like donating to places that help end animal cruelty and appreciating the animals in our arms. But for this episode, we are focusing on the change you can make to an animal's life by giving them the life they deserve. Welcome to the Path to Furry Bliss once again. I'm your host, Rue. I'm Mia. I'm Sophia. And I'm Izzy. And today we will be discussing how to improve animals' lives through recognizing when they are distressed or in pain, knowing how to relieve it, and more. The first thing you can do is the most obvious. Adoption can really help animals' lives and, well, not get them living in terrible situations. If you want to adopt a pet but you're having financial difficulties, don't worry. There are pet food banks everywhere that you can help get food for your little furry. If you don't want a permanent pet, fostering pets and giving them temporary housing is good for them and you. Your neighbors can also be helpful if you have errands that you can't do for your pet. Pet lovers helping other pet lovers is very common. So have any of you guys ever experienced something where, I don't know, you had a problem with your pet and so you had to ask someone else for help who also has a pet? Just like Mia said. Well, at some point my dog had gotten loose and one of my neighbors noticed it, but they went out to go grab her and they were, and then the other day her dog got loose and we grabbed her dog. <laughs> so, I mean, it kind of worked out. We got the dogs back. <laughs> Once there was a dog fight outside my neighbor's house and she came out and offered to spray them with the hose so they stopped fighting, we can actually grab them. And that was pretty nice of her. I don't, I mainly encounter cats and cats. A lot of the cats that I know are indoor cats and they mostly don't interact with other cats. So, especially my cats don't interact with other cats. So I don't really have anything specific about people helping with pets, but um, when, like, when we go out of town, there's the obvious. Um, I have, like, friends who will come and take care of our cats. Um, I think last winter break, Cricket, um, my one of my cats had, I, it was either an eye thing or like a throwing up thing. So, no, uh, one of my friends had to come give her medicine, chase her around the house on Christmas Eve, <laughs> which was you know, helpful. Once my cat Juniper got outside and it was pretty cold out. Um, her brother Comet kept coming and waking me up in the middle of the night. I got really mad at him because I didn't like being wake, wake, waking up in the middle of the night. Woken, woken up in the middle of the night. My grammar is a little off today, sorry. So like in the morning and I couldn't find her and I was like, oh, Comet, are you trying to tell me like she's missing? 
We eventually found her outside hiding under a tarp, being a smart little kitty, not going out in the cold. But Comet did come and realized she was gone and tried to tell me. There have been times when Cricket is leaving and my sister thinks that she's cold, so we end up, we have started to occasionally put a sweater on Cricket as like a blanket. Pretty sure she likes it. Um, but like, it's when she's all like bunched up and like curled really tightly against the wall. She also really likes heater being in front of heaters. So like we know that she likes warmth a lot. So yeah. All right, one last thing before we move on to the next segment. This is kind of a random question for you guys. What is the weirdest place you have ever found your pet sleeping in, like specifically your cats? Um, well, I know she's not a cat, but my dog likes small spaces. So when my sister and I used to share a room, there would be a little gap in between our beds. She would try and fit under it but she'd only get her head in between or under it and one day we came in she's laying there and I think we might have scared her on accident by giving her pets and she got herself stuck so we had to move her and she was not very fond and then again the next day she went back under the bed um, my parents' bed, there is a hole in box rings. Um, I don't, there's a reason that's there. But the cats just go sleep under there, especially Tara. And they have, like, torn, like, the mesh or whatever off the bottom of the bed. So then there's, um, they also will sleep in closets occasionally. Um. And Cricket will sleep in front of the heater in the bathroom. Also, Cricket really likes sleeping on, t- on people's laps, but mainly only when they're sitting on the toilet, which is really fun when you get ambushed at midnight because you have a really bad sleep schedule and you want to go to sleep. And then there's a Cricket purring there asking you f- for a lap. It's very, I mean, like I like her. I like giving her a lap. I'm also tired. So, yeah. My cat, Comet, sometimes comes and lies on my head, but like he curls himself around my head, like if I'm lying on my back and sleeping at night. And he's like a little hat. And it's super weird, but it's super cute. All right, guys. Well, that was really entertaining to hear. So, take it away, Sophia. All of these stories show how or how pet owners can commune or communicate or understand their pets and that which can help keep their pets comfortable and happy. Um, one article by the Humane Society of the United States This article is titled, Are They Getting the Care They Deserve? And it is written by 
Inga says that they're what they call five freedoms, which are good guidelines to make sure that your pets have good lives. Um, they are freedom from hunger and thirst, freedom from discom discomfort, freedom from pain, injury, or disease, freedom to express normal behavior, and freedom from fear and distress. Some of them, like freedom from hunger and thirst and freedom from pain, injury, and disease, are pretty straightforward. It's basically just making sure your pet is healthy and can survive and that you don't neglect them. Um, but two ones I will focus on are freedom from discomfort and freedom from fear and distress. Freedom from discomfort, you have to make sure that your pet has a good place to sleep or like good places to sleep. So places where they can, cats really like place, closed off places or places where they can hide when they need to be alone or hide. Um, so cats really like boxes. For fear and distress, some signs of stress in your pet that you should watch out for are over grooming, lack of appetite and spinning. There are so many other things. Um, you should play with your pets and give them plenty of attention because they need mental stimulation for dogs to take them on walks. Um, but you can be really creative with that. The article gives some examples like blowing non-toxic bubbles around the room cutting holes into in the middle of toilet paper rolls and put kibble or toys inside for cats to bat around, freeze food rations in water, or turn your stainless steel bowls over and create your own slow feeders are some of the examples. Um, does anyone have anything they would like to add? My kitty Juniper like went crazy she completely lost it. Um, she kept biting Comet and attacking things that aren't there. And her eyes were always like super dilated, huge pupils. Um, and she like would make weird noises and run around the house. She didn't do that before. So we got her some toys. We play with her more often. Comet also likes being played with more often. So he enjoys that too. And now she's getting better, so not completely insane anymore. So, Sophia, I remember you saying that cats tend to hide when they need to be alone. So do you guys find yourselves, like have you guys ever found yourselves um, developing a habit based on your pet's behavior? Well, something my sister has done i have never developed a habit from my dog but my sister used to give my dog peanut butter every single time the peanut butter was out so my dog learned to sit right next to the cutting board in the kitchen so my sister obviously gained a habit of giving her peanut butter 
every single time. And anything we do on the cutting board, my dog is right there now. And my sister has also developed a habit of giving her everything, not just peanut butter. Everyone in my house just makes a lot of tea. So my dad has started it, but it has gotten to everyone else in the house, basically. Tara, who loves playing, whenever someone is making tea and she hears the tea kettle, she wants to play immediately. It's a thing that comes with making tea. You have to play with the cats. Whenever I would see my cat Comet, um, he's like all happy and like riled up. I would speak to him in a really high voice, like a high pitched voice, like, like screeching kind of, but not really. And now he mimics me. So whenever I go, I, I don't know how to do it. Like, would you I like to this voice for us no. yeah his voice is really high now and we used to be just like like a low meow and now it's like a really high-pitched meow and now whenever i like meow to him in that really high-pitched meow he like gets up and then gets all riled up and then like poofs up and like rubs on my feet like rolls around on the ground and like his eyes are really wide it's really cute would you like to demonstrate that voice for us? I would like not to. Okay. Oh, well. Um, and I don't know, are there any habits and behavior that you just seem to share with your pets? Like maybe not something that you started to develop after getting them, but just something that you seem to just have in common. Cuddling. We all love to cuddle. Yep, that's all that needs to be said. But would anyone like to add on? I can't think of anything specific. It's mainly just what me said, attention, cuddles. That's really it. Yes, humans need attention too. That's why getting a pet is good. Someone to like cuddle you and then not be all like, judgmental so you don't have to be all self-conscious but you still get cuddles that's the thing um you can tell your pet anything you can tell them all your secrets you can literally tell them anything and they won't judge you like you they will still rub it. well if they already love you they will still love you the same they will act towards you the exact same they don't care about human nonsense you know, this is really compelling me to get a pet. It's not that I don't want to, but um, as Sophia, Mia, and Isabel know, I just, like, I've had pet fish before, and that was pretty much my first pet, but I want something I can cuddle, not just something I can stare at, you know? Yeah, and, you, you should get a pet. You really should. Like, well, for me, I'm thinking... Well, you could technically cuddle a fish, but only once. <laughs> okay. Well, uh -huh. cuddle. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm thinking of wanting a cat or a rabbit in the future. I don't know when I'll be able to get one, but maybe 
like my parents will allow it someday because in the past um I haven't really gotten a pet like that but hopefully with this podcast we'll see some changes yeah we convinced my dad to let us have a cat by promising that he wouldn't have to take care of the cats which means now he refuses because my mom is out of town right now so he refuses to wash the cat dish along with all the other dishes that he washes. he just won't wash the cat he will wash every single dish just not the cat dish i because because it's taking care of the cats barely when you guys first started um like getting a pet what are some things you remember like complaining about when you first started caring for them like before when you were like inexperienced as pet owners well when I first got my dog Willow she was really she pulled a lot on the leash so the most frustrating part was trying to get her to walk next to us um it's my old dog Guinness he when by the time I was able to walk him he was perfect because he was an older dog when we got Willow she wouldn't stop pulling so I got pretty frustrated at times when we first got my kittens um we didn't really want to take them outside that much because we were afraid that they like will run off and we don't want them outdoor cats we just want them indoor cats because there's like big roads big roads near my house and now we just we'll let them outside when we're outside so we can just watch them they won't go far they're pretty timid scared of outside but they like being outside it's good for them rolling around on the warm concrete i think the hardest thing to get used to for me was just taking time to go play with the cats or just getting used to giving the cats attention or taking care of them and making sure that you close every single door so then they don't get in your room, your very messy room. Or, you know, they don't get outside because they really want outside, except for one of the times Sarah got outside, like she got on the porch and it was nighttime and she was scared. She was terrified. But there was one time where she got out on the like front stoop and just sat there looking around just sat down and <laughs> so but yeah okay well those are some very interesting questions and interesting responses um what i will be talking about this episode is about pet rehabilitation so what is pet re- rehabilitation it is basically a physical or mental state for them where we help fix them. As in, if a dog is afraid of fire hydrants, which my neighbor's dog was, um, they would help get the fear over, or they would help the dog get over the fear. Um, It can also be if the dog had a broken leg and refuses to walk on the leg, they can help get the dog back to walking normally. Um, the other thing is when people have go to physical therapy for if they had a broken bone or if they just had a 
a really bad allergic reaction to something or if they were paralyzed, they have this, it's basically the same thing as pet rehabilitation. Um, every so often when pets go into the rehabilitation, um, they normally have, they change their mood maybe, because, and then when you get them back, they would be used to having all this attention to get them to normal state again. And then once they go home, they may not have as much attention and may start to get a bit grumpy, but it does pass because they understand very quickly when they get to play. Um, normally, pet rehabilitation is done by veteran veterinarians or pet experts. If you've seen shows where they help dogs get over the aggressive state, where if they're really angry at something, they can just, the pet experts can just fix them. I have no idea how yet, but we'll figure that out at some point. Anyway, um, you can see the, the reaction to the dogs. You can, normally it's four dogs. I haven't seen anyone from cats, but I've heard of them. Um, but normally you can see at the beginning, they're very aggressive. And then towards the end of the show, they're like, chill. So that, I found, I just found that very interesting. Um, the rehabilitation also focuses on what the animals need a lot. So if the owner cannot do it, as in if the owner needs to take their dogs on more walks or have, or because they can't walk normally, they may take dogs on walks. They may have them like put pressure on the leg at least. Not all pet owners can do that. So normally veterinarians may have you go to a pet therapist. Well, that wraps up our episode. Thank you for listening to The Path to Furry Bliss. Starting out with simply putting in the effort to learn more about the issues surrounding us is already very helpful. And we hope that our information will motivate you guys to continue doing what you can to support animals. No matter the issue, you should put your knowledge, determination, and passion into action. Through action and trying to do a little more, believe it or not, we can change the world bit by bit. Stay on the lookout for our next episode and see you then.